Welcome to the YGV100FM podcast. I'm your host, Wun Tan. In this podcast, we invite you to join us in the exciting world of your global village. If this is your first time here, we are a community living and working in a metaverse-inspired village. Our purpose with this podcast is to share the stories of each resident and find the lessons learned that can help you get better results and have a bigger impact. Whether you're just starting out in your business or you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll find fresh ideas and inspiration in these stories. Welcome to another episode of YGV100FM. With me today, I've got Ronan McDonnell of Global. Welcome to the show, Ronan. Thanks, Ronan. Lovely to be here with you. Yeah, so it's our first time meeting, but you know, for most people who don't know you, could you share with us who you are and how you became who you are today? And so there's kind of three parts to this interview, this conversation. So there's kind of the backstory, which we're going to cover first. And then there's the kind of the present story, which Annalise calls it the business impact, right? So what's your business and what's your impact? And then the future story, which is like looking forward in the future. So let's start with this backstory. So could you share with us, you know, who you are today and what brought you here and maybe shine a bit light on, you know, some of the key decisions that you've made? Hmm. Thank you. So I'm originally from Ireland. I now live in Sydney, Australia. I moved here in 1999. I am married to wonderful Neve, and we've got three young children, Alana, Oscar and Dara. My background originally is in technology and I worked for about 25 years in technology, um, including when I moved to Australia. Um, and when we moved to Australia, when life was very good. So I, after the dot-com, well, in advance of the dot-com, there was like lots of work, great times, uh, living in Australia. One weekend you were on the beach and next weekend you were snowboarding. We invested heavily in property around the world. I tended to set my targets and ideas to do things and achieve them. So I want to get my private pilot's license. I want to do an Ironman. And we got married in 2006, had a seven-month honeymoon around South America, came back to Australia. My friend said, what's next? Are you going to climb Everest? Are you going to go into politics? You're, you tend to be hitting all the high notes. And I was invited to join a company who had taken the right to a software business. And I started a company just as a global financial crisis hit. So being heavily invested in property, unfortunately, we lost everything. So I went from someone who was very relational, outgoing, and connected to someone who actually struggled to get out of bed. So that was kind of my backstory um, to you know, where I've ended up now. And probably just adding a little bit to that, when I was offered some help by a friend, but maybe being a male, I politely declined and said I was okay and realized, though, after some time that I needed some help. So a friend of mine who's a coach, um, we sat down on Bondi Beach, an iconic beach here in Sydney, Australia, one Sunday afternoon and sat out and looked over the ocean. And he had me set some goals. And one of those things was I wanted to work out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So I think I trusted in the tra- trajectory of, you know, you go to school, you, you're lucky to go, you can go to college, you get a degree, you work hard, you invest and life looks after itself. And I realized when I you know, 
had nothing, I was forced to go back and reevaluate my life and look at what my values were, what my strengths were, the difference I wanted to create in the world, some very kind of confronting questions. And out of that, I realized that I wanted to live a bit differently. And I realized I wanted to help others. And by helping others, I actually helped myself, which led me to starting Cred and a company in 2016. So that's my backstory. Yeah, so I've been on your website, but I don't know much about what you do, right? So how did you, I guess, figure out what you wanted to do and how you wanted to help others? So as a person who's really involved and committed to like personal development, and I really enjoyed that journey I was on. And, you know, I would go to conferences, I would go to retreats, I would hear wonderful people speak, I would be inspired, I would take copious notes, write actions and insights and say, oh, I'm going to implement these things in my life. But I would invariably put these manuals in the drawer. Room. And what I now refer to it as I call it my pile of shame. I look at it and I'm like, oh, they're all the things that someday I'm going to implement in my life. And as I was... I'm going on my own career of becoming a coach myself. I saw other people have those insights and moments, but never seemed to quite implement things. And I thought, why is it that people struggle to implement kind of sustained change in their lives, even though we're focused and we're motivated? And I got really curious about it. And I started like understanding what was it my own and maybe limitations or lack of awareness or lack of follow through. And I also read Triggers by Marshall Goldsmith at the time, and it talked about why human behavior change is so difficult. And I got a bit of an insight into that. So I was really curious on the learning side of things. And then on the, on the personal side of things, from a mental health and well-being perspective, I was really curious to see, how did I miss some of the early warning signs in my own life and that were probably there, but I wasn't aware or I didn't pay attention to them? And I thought, how could I use my experience to help others navigate life's inevitable ups and downs and peaks and troughs, but to maybe let the lows not be too low or the highs be too high and know that things you know, will get better. So that was the genesis of what I wanted to build, what I wanted to create, and also an element of the giving back so I probably became aware of what I wanted to create or be part of, but I hadn't formulated the idea. So I knew I was passionate about learning development. I knew I was passionate about mental health and well-being. And I knew I was passionate about making a difference in the world of women. And how it all came together was I was back in Europe with my wife and children. We were flying to Malaga in Spain, one of the screens from my kid's seat on a plane was broken so I swapped seats and I didn't watch a movie and I just started jotting some notes down and we landed in Malaga two and a half hours later and I said to my wife I think I've just designed a product here and that was 2016 and that was cred starting to come to life. Nice and so were there any key decisions like it was a long journey I guess like to get into that whole mindset of you know trying to set up this business and putting together a product like what were the big decisions you had to make there along the way oh it's a great it's a wonderful question i think staying true 
to the original vision. So the original how I titled this was Salesforce for me, something that I had that had all my life's learnings, insights, well-being, impact in one place. And I guess it sounds very big because I guess the thing is that if you work for lots of different companies, you have all of your information in lots of different systems, but there's nothing for you. And I've got a journal here. I've got 15 journals around the place. What if it was all in one place? So I think staying true was the biggest decision because people looked at the offering and said, that's fantastic for learning and development. That could be leadership development. That could be performance development. And I kept on bringing it back to, no, no, that's not the essence of what we're trying to do. I don't know what it is or what shape it's going to be, but really believing in what we were trying to do and staying true to that has been the biggest decision and the biggest challenge as well, would I suggest. Um, The other thing was I bootstrapped the company. So I haven't gone out and got $50 million worth of funding. And it's been a difficult road, but I didn't want to compromise on what we're trying to create. I've just spent the last week watching WeWork. (laughs) And I see so many parallels parallels, and I'm going, oh my God, am I Adam Newman? And some of the things I say, I hear, I'm like, oh my God. And so (laughs) I need to stop myself on some things, but maybe this is a little bit of a a bias or something on my my brain is telling me that I didn't want someone direct me to go run. I see the great positive things you're trying to do in the world. That's great. You can do that when you make lots of money back. And I didn't want creds to be a vehicle just to create money and then give back. You know, Paul Dunn, who's a wonderful member of this community, always talks about building the habit of giving and doing it on the way through. So as opposed to waiting until the time where you're going to make lots of money and give it away and help others. So I would suggest there and actually, I'll put another point. Having the right type of people around me, like a community like your global village, I find that I've got like a personal advisory board, having different lanes in my life where I have people who I know are the neuroscience people and people are the technology futurists. And there's people who zap my energy when I'm feeling a little bit low and I need. So then having the right people around me in the right community to be part of have been some of the key decisions we've made. Wow. I like the concept of having the Salesforce for yourself. I think that is an amazing thing to build and um, having that sort of personal, I guess, board that you talk about. Mm, I think, yeah. I still got the notes, you know, of the Salesforce for me. I go back to it and I say, whoa. And some of the notes I recorded back then in 2016 are staying very true to. And it's a nice thing that helps me remember to remember. When we all get into whether it be business or communities for very different reasons. And it's kind of hard to stay true to, you know, what you believe in and who you want to be and the impact that you want to create in the world. Yeah. So let's talk about your business, right? Your current business in, in Cred. Like, I guess, what are sort of the problems that you're helping clients? Or, you know, how do you help people, right? When they first come mm. to you, what's their before story? <laughs> mm. As a segue into that, I'll just share with you, I am Paul Dunn. I'll refer to Paul again. He very kindly put me on to a book called Cult Status last year, uh, How to Build a Business That People Adore. And one of the things we did was we started with the impact we want to create in the world. They've got a 
step, which is seven step guide. And step one is think impact first. So we got really, really clear on who we were as a company. So we've actually led with that. So we're a technology and education company, and we've got a clear sense of purpose, which is to help people do three simple actions every day and to help people live, learn, and give every day. So the mission of the company is to inspire people to do three simple actions. Take care of yourself, learn something new, and help others on the planet. And the impact that we want to create is so by 2030, we want to be helping at least 3 million people do 9 million acts of kindness for themselves, others, and a planet every day. So we create together the world we'd like to live in. And the types of problems that we solve are, I think, are very much on an individual level. Like one of the questions I keep on getting asked is, are you B2B or are you B2C? And I'm a part of a cohort that's you know, just encouraged me to say, Ron, you're B2P. You're actually business to person. You know, people just happen to work in companies. So we're trying to solve problems at an individual level. And I guess the problem that we're probably trying to solve at an individual level is that I think the world has become very busy for all of us. And it's hard to take a step out of what can seem like the craziness and live a bit more intentionally. So, you know, I want to show up every day as someone who, you know, looks after myself, have a positive impact on the people around me. And I want to have a make a difference and positive impact on the planet. But the world just seems to take over. So I start with intention, but then the business. So I think that's one of the problems that the business, should I say, takes over. So I think one of the problems we're trying to solve is how do we help people just show up in the world as how they want to do, as how they want to show up. And for people who believe what we believe, who actually want to look after themselves, who want to keep on learning and growing as people and want to make a difference, we help them have the scaffolding around them to do that. I think the other problem that people face is that we try and do too much as people. And we don't know how to learn. And people don't understand their brain's capacity to learn. They don't know how to make a habit, to build a habit. So we very intentionally say, you know, our brains can handle three to four things of working memory. So we help them just focus on those one to two or three things every day. Just try and get them to just check in with themselves, notice how they're feeling, make sure they're looking after themselves, make sure they're learning, make sure they're helping others. I think the other problems that we face on a, maybe on a corporate level are, there's probably a disconnect happening at the moment between the needs of the organization and the needs of an individual. The balance of power is swinging. <laughs> so I think if I'm a leader in an organization, I'm faced with the great resignation. I'm faced with trying to provide a more compelling value proposition to my employees. I'm trying to get people back into the office when some people want to work from home, some people don't want to work from home. I am trying to create a culture in a hybrid model where we've got some people working from home and some people working in the office. And I, I struggle to have like a virtual temperature check of how our people are feeling in the organization. So that's some of the challenges, the problems that we see leaders grappling with. And on the individual side, we're seeing people going, mm, the last couple of years have taught me that I don't probably want to work as hard um, or I want to work differently. I want a bit more balance in my life. I want to work for a company that actually makes a tangible difference in the world, not just exist to make profit, but also to make impact. I want to look after my own well-being. So I think what we're trying to do is help bridge that gap for organizations and individuals. But ultimately, we're helping 
individuals to connect with themselves, stay true to who they really are, connect with others in our companies, and connect with communities. Yeah, Ronan, so are most people who are sort of working with you, are they sort of coming from an employee type of mindset or more entrepreneurial? That's a, that's a great question. So we have some of our biggest customers are ones that have communities already, an existing community. Imagine a university. So we've got like universities who are clients of ours and they say, we want to support our students who we know are challenged by not looking after themselves or want to you know, create an impact in the world. How do we help those people? We don't have a specific like demographic. I would suggest our kind of probably more of a values aligned demographic as opposed to specific like individual or an entrepreneur. A lot of our clients are people who have communities and want to help them. We genuinely want to help them, not just tick the box in terms of well-being or impact. We also have like leaders in companies who are saying, I've got a distributed workforce. And I, I, I'm so busy, I don't know how people are feeling in real time. How can I have a community? Um, how can I provide education resources and a sense of connectedness and some technology to help people feel more connected and give me some insight into how people are feeling in real time? You know, if I'm, say, one of the universities that you work with, right? So if I work with you, like, what sort of results and what's the after story? Like, what type of changes could one expect? We have just finished a 17-day challenge with a men's mental health group here in Sydney, Australia. And we partner with them. And their goal is to help men be better men, better fathers, better husbands, better leaders, and better community people. So we did a 17-day challenge and people using our app had three actions to do every day. Check in with themselves, where they go through a three-step guide to just notice their energy levels, notice how they're feeling, and notice what they're thinking. And bring awareness to that and see some patterns. Move for 30 minutes every day and connect with one other person every day. We saw a 52% increase in the energy levels of how people are feeling after 17 days. We saw like a 35% reduction in had the red energy level of how people are feeling. And we, for the first time, we've run 25 of our 30-day challenges. We saw people move from a feeling of tiredness to gratitude. So having a mindset shift. And then on a very tangible impact as well, we partner with B1G1 so that every time someone does an action in a challenge and records it in the app, it creates a tangible global impact. So every time one of these men in this group checked in through B1G1, it provided one day's access to water for a child in Tanzania. Every time someone did a movement, we provided one day's access to education for a child in India. And every time someone did their connect, we provided one day's access to a playground for children in Cambodia. So we were able to provide 526 days of access to education, 532 days of access to water, and 478 days of access to a playground for children in Cambodia. We believe and we hope that we will create impact on three levels so for an individual, you know, if I take part in a challenge, if I do these three actions every day and an app to record this, hopefully that has impact for me. Then I have impact in my family, 
in my company, in my friend network, in my community, and that ripple impact of having a tangible impact on a global level through B1G1. That's really important for us as well. So Ronan, with, I guess, this app and the mental health challenge that you talked about, you know, how did the, I guess, from the participants' point of view, how did they feel? I've had some beautiful stories shared with me. When recently, I was part of this group, I'm part of this men's mental health group, and we, our ritual is that we meet every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. on the beach, and we do an exercise session, and then we all dive in the ocean afterwards, and then we have a coffee afterwards and a chat. And one of the guys who just completed the challenge said to me, I'd never checked in with myself before. I was never aware of how I was feeling, energy levels, what I was you know, thinking, never taking the time. And he shared with me that he's currently battling cancer. And he said, this has really helped me. And um, we've heard people say to us that they feel like they're different people and that it's not all about them anymore. They're more aware of how they're showing up and they've got greater compassion and empathy for other people as well. And I think that's starting to to resonate with them in direct families and their friends as as leaders. This group that very I guess very not very high profile but you know high caliber leaders in this group and they're bringing that into their companies and being aware of what might be going on for other people? So I think, you know, COVID, we all experienced COVID very differently. And it was very hard to relate to how other people were experiencing it. And we all have our own lens on it. So part of my work is helping people just slow down, become aware of yourself, but then become aware of others. And I think people are starting to see things in different lights to go, wow, I didn't know that that was going on for you in your life. Because we only see the behaviors or the results that people produce. But helping people just slow down a bit to become more aware of themselves and others. So I hope we're helping create better organizations and better leaders, better communities, and then obviously tangible global impact as well. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story. So let's come on to the kind of final part of that three-part story, right? So how do you see yourself shaping the story of the world right so the question is really like imagine if today is 2027 and looking back in the past five years what would you say are the highlights of the past five years love that question thank you partnered with some incredible people through like communities like your global village got people who share the same values and beliefs around the world and they are using cred to support their work. They're helping their clients create impact. But a big impact, you know, at least 3 million people do 9 million acts of kindness every day for themselves, others, and the planet. Now, I'm up to about 3,500, and I'm not going to get there by myself. So it's through partnerships. My children are continuing to use cred. They're choosing to live more intentionally. They're aware they're looking after themselves. They are growing as people, but they're also helping others and the planet through their actions every day. That would be a moment of immense pride and highlight for me. I'm spending more time in the communities that I want to be part of and working with people who zap me 
each and every day because they want to build better organizations. They want to build better communities. They want to create impact. They want to help people become better. I often go back to and ask questions like this when around. Are you familiar with the movie Shawshank Redemption? Have you seen Shawshank Redemption? I haven't, but I know what it's about, yeah. But there was a moment in the movie where Anthony Robbins does a tax returns for all the prison guards. And I think it's around tiring the roof of a prison. And he asks that the, all he wants is that the men doing the work can enjoy a beer at the end of the day. And Anthony Robbins doesn't take a beer himself, but he gets the satisfaction from watching other people enjoy a beer. And that would be the highlight for me, that this is not about me or cred. This is about seeing the ripple impact that we've been able to have support in the world. That would be the biggest highlight for me. Wow. I could totally feel your sense of achievement, your sort of pride in being able to contribute and help others. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Thanks, Boone. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me to share that. I'm going to ask one additional question. This is a new question that, so last week we released an episode where I was interviewed and Emery, who did the interview, asked me this question. So if you had a billboard and have a message, you know, what would you put on that billboard? Be yourself. I like that. Yeah, that would be my hope for people. I love that. It's sort of coming full circle for you because that was kind of a core thing how you decided to start CRED and, and who you are, I guess. Yeah, it is. I hadn't thought of it like that, but it definitely is women, yeah. And I think I have come full circle and being comfortable with who that is. Probably starting my career, I try to show up as how I thought people wanted me to show up as a consultant, as a leader, or as a coach. How do people expect me because they're paying for that as opposed to just being myself? And that's good enough. <laughs> I have, and I have value to give and share and I have experience and I genuinely want to help people because I know that's the best way of helping myself amazing thank you very much Ronan thanks for sharing this interview with us and for anyone who's listening here you can find Ronan at cred.global that's your website and obviously you can find him in uh, your global village as well so thank you very much, Ronan. Thank you, Ronan. It's been a really enjoyable conversation. Thank you for really great questions. I, I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you, getting to know you as part of the community. And uh, I'm really excited to get to know more people in the community as well. Awesome. Thank you very much, Ronan. Thank you very much for listening till the end. That was Ronan McDonnell, resident number eight of Cred.Global. You can check out his storefront in his merchant house. Also, don't forget to join us at one of our next event. We are having housewarming parties, salon soirees and village walking tours to welcome you to Your Global Village. Head over to yourglobalvillage.com to find out more. My name is Wuntan and see you on our next episode.